Steve Edison for the Movements Podcast. Last episode, we talked to Jeff Sundell about how we can introduce disciple-making movements to existing churches. Today, we're with Jeff again. This time, we're going to talk about how we get to 4G, four generations of new disciples, new groups, and new churches. I hope you enjoy the podcast. There's, um, let me just add a couple little things that have been huge also. Um, one, I think just the, again, about the, the man or woman of God that God uses. And so I think Ying and Bill have done a great job of framing that for all of us. So um, one is in the mid-levels, they've really brought a very conscious effort that our folks are praying for their great-great-grandchildren. And, and I, I want to say the bar has risen on that, and that's beginning to be passed down more so. And that just creates awareness. And so in every meeting, one of the things that you know, people are asking is, tell me about your grandchildren. Tell me about your great-grandchildren. Tell me about your child. But the prayer and the abiding in Christ and the abiding in Him, and, and that's, again, that's come much more like at the mid-levels, um, some some of us are better at passing that on than others, and some aren't. But the mid-levels, that's one of those places we've been catching that up. I think the, the other thing that's happened, not only at the mid-level, but just for the sake of the other purpose of bringing these practitioners together, is the cross-pollination. And, and I'll just give you a case in point. Um, Chuck Wood is seeing some tremendous generational growth. And, um, of course, a lot of millennials are also multiplying, and a lot of the military guys are multiplying. And, and so we, we were having a conversation with Chuck one day, and um, I've always in the accountability of the first third because, you know, bottom line is we, we keep learning. You've got to keep the three-thirds tight. You've got to just be, especially the goal setting and the accountability and the just really asking those hard questions because we, we want to stop asking those. Well, one of the things I, I, I'm, I'm good at that part, but one thing I've always challenged people on the vision casting, hey, let's go share the gospel five times this week. Well, you know, most of the time after a couple of weeks, you just sort of, everybody gets sort of rehashing old stories, you know, and we're not really serious about that. Well, Chuck shared that he switched from asking people to share the gospel five times this week or asking them, he's still asking about their Oikos list, but he said, I'm going to give you a moment of silence. And I want you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit who you're supposed to share with this week. How many people you're supposed to share with this week. And in, you, in your heart, you covet with him to do that. Well, I heard that and I said, Chuck, that's a game changer, man. And so we, we implied it immediately. And so the first week we applied in our group, um, we, when we finished praying and we asked people to make a covenant with God, and we didn't get we didn't get hundred percent, but most people, you know, had something God spoke to them. Well, we went around the room. We had people had coveted to share forty one times between now and the next week. So the following week, when I come back, I'm going to check up and see how did it go. How did you guys do sharing the gospel? Now, last week you said you were going to share eight times. You said you were going to share five times. You said you were going to share three times. And we went around. It was you know in fairly intrusive level of accountability, but it was a it was your covet covenant with God. It wasn't that I told you to do it. This is God said he's going to set you up. It was amazing. We had 31 gospel presentations that week. I had never had that level of gospel presentations. 
Um, and then just uh, another group, we so I introduced this immediately, and then I just started calling people saying, you got to put change your T for T when you come to the accountability. Add this, pray and ask God, pray, ask the Holy Spirit, who and how many people to share that week. Um, another group, we were sort of stagnating, struggling, and um, they were trying to figure out this as-you-go discipleship, as-you-go gospeling. And so we did the pray and asked the Holy Spirit, and God set them off. But Danny came back, and he said, wow, he said, you know, God really set me up, gave me a great opportunity, but I missed it. And he said, let's pray this week God sets me back up. And so we prayed, and then that next week, this man called, and he's a contractor, and a man called and said, hey, would you come to our house and do some more work? And so Danny, you know, God set him up. So he goes and he shares his story and Jesus' story with this man. Now, the man didn't believe immediately, um, but he just asked the man, he said, hey, can we come to your house and do a Bible study? And, uh, and the guy said, absolutely. And so Danny is essentially started a Bible study, uh, doing a seven stories of hope with this man. But the, the exciting thing is seeing Danny is he encountered God. He encountered that God set him up. And so, to me, that's been the power of that little thing we learned from Chuck Wood. And, and then just the, and so to me, that's the whole, the big thing about the whole cross-pollination, because I think we, we're, we have a lot of things that are working right. We're really trying to stay tight to the three-thirds process, really keeping it, trying to keep our material simple, biblical, repeatable, uh, reproducing, you know, so we got those things, but to me, the thing that's going to keep moving us to fourth generation is us to keep connecting, keep learning, to keep pride out of the way that it's not about because I'm a great trainer and he's a great trainer. It's because our God's at work. And so we got to have an attitude of humility and just keep learning. And, and I think we keep doing that. I, I just, you know, we're praying God honors that. And our we want to, you know, in the end, we really want to get to 50 cities where we have 50 4G trainers in every city we got a few cities now where we have seven to nine 4g trainers um and there's about 27 cities there's some generational growth so it's really exciting you know how god's using this uh, this spirit of learning and this attitude of learning uh within the group so one of the keys i guess we're sort of talking what what does it take to get to four generations of disciples groups and churches and one of the things you're learning is um, once, once you've got uh, trained enough people and you've identified who's out there and, and uh, really stepping up in both doing and training others, you give those, you call them your, your mid-level trainers, you bring them together um, for mutual learning, encouragement, accountability. And that's really added um, momentum to helping everybody get to fourth generation. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Steve, probably, um, you know, I, I, I'm in a bit of a transitional period, so I feel like even like next year, majority of what I will do is mid-level. We, we have enough guys that can go out, and we just sort of call it level one training. We have loads of guys who can go out and do level one. My job now is to help raise up the guys who can do the mid-level type trainings. Essentially, we're trying to make better coaches and mentors. Player coaches is another way we're calling it. You need to be a player doing it, but you need to be a coach. And if this model or what we're doing is going to work, 
to get to 4G, we have got to really develop our player coach type guys across the U.S. And so for me, that's going to be a lot of my focus. And so, and there's, there's other guys in the group. So we're actually even trying to train more guys to do mid-levels because we have a slew of guys. You know, there's trainings going on this weekend all over the country um, in various places that, you know, I don't need to be there. Mm. Chuck Wood doesn't need to be there. You know, there's, there's folks going out and doing it. And we have a lot of young guys that are training 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 people a year now. And we're, we're trying to raise the bar high. So we want to keep pushing those guys out. Hey, if you can train 300, train 300. If you can train 60, train 60. If you can train 3,000, train 3,000. Hmm. But what I need to focus in on, and I think we – and there's another group of guys also that need to – we have got to work on, on these principles and also work on developing our mid-levels to where we develop – you know, I, I want to leave in two years. I, I got a sort of a two, two and a half year time frame in my mind that I'm God's winding me down here. Kids are wrapping up. So I'm, I'm already telling everybody I'm leaving. You know, so as I'm leaving, we, we got to keep raising the bar. There's better, better generals out there than me. And let's get these guys, get them on the bus, get them in the right seat, and let's get them rolling. And, and so seeing guys raise up and take that step and then pulling other guys up is is exciting so that's i think that's you know that's very different than like conversations you and i had two years ago because we were just trying to get started well now there's some momentum and now we're on the other side of going no how do we keep the momentum going but how do we get to healthy church how do we keep healthy churches how do we develop healthy leaders how do we keep moving this out and you know at the same time when we're setting you know we want to see god-sized goals we we want to be abiding in Christ and walking with him and daily in his presence and not thinking this is all about us. It's all about him and his glory, you know. So, you know, as far as maintaining the push to fourth generation, the the more and more I've done this in the U.S., the more and more similar it actually looks to Asia in a lot of ways. The the two are two big hurdles. Well, it's probably three big hurdles. Um of getting to fourth generation. So one is the transition between House of Peace and Oikos. Um, it really helps if we can, and that's that's really a coaching thing. You can't really build that into the content. Um, we're trying to build it into the content, and um, but that's one of the things that really helps us move to fourth generation. So if you start with Oikos, but once you run out of Oikos, or you've you know you've attempted to share with all of your family and friends and workmates and, and nothing's happening, where do I go next? Well, then you, you really have to get into that house of peace type thing where you got to coach them and you got to train them because we can build a lesson around that, hmm. but there's a bit of, you got there has to be some direction given, you know? And so to me, that transition, whether you start with house of peace and go to Oikos or you start with Oikos and go to house of peace, that takes coaching. And so we're, we're trying a couple things to see if it will help us. There, there's three things that we're trying on this. So one, we've built a lesson that combines the House of Peace and Oikos teaching together. And we're, we're experimenting with that. So Chuck's given that a go. I've tried it in a couple places. I've ended up, I still had to, had to coach people the transition just because, again, I think those three touches help and all those things help. But the other one is we've moved to Oikos mapping. 
something I picked up from Troy Cooper. When he makes his Oikos list, um, he makes his list this way. It's like first place, second place, third place. So first place, place is family and friends. So sort of like family. You know, I don't, I don't know if you got that going on over there, but that's a big advertisement right now. Okay. So friends and family okay. or family first. Second place is the workplace. Well, those are two real obvious ones. The third one we picked up from Troy was passion. So passion is what are you doing already that you're going to keep doing, but you can do it with lost people. And, and that's just another way to find the house of peace or person of peace is through your passions. Um, so we, keep, we have people list those out. Well, the next thing we do is we actually have them take a piece of paper and they draw a Oikos map. So just imagine a brand new believer who just met Jesus is drawing out his relational network. I have seen people get to third generation drawing pictures of relationships. They knew, hey, my cousin knows this person, and her name is Paul or Paula. And then Paula, I know she's connected with this person. And so it's been really cool because then you sort of have a roadmap of how to get to 4G. So you have an immediate vision casting piece that you're putting in front of brand new believers. And and then uh, I was talking to Clint Harrell yesterday also, and he was saying in his groups, he has them bring their Oikos map with them every week when they do their accountability. And one, they update it. So as they meet new people, as they're going, they add them to their list. It's either first place, second place, or third place. And they add them to the list, and then they keep those current. And then they're also praying for them. But now I'm, I'm actually looking and praying to great-grandchildren and, you know, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, hopefully great-great-grandchildren. It creates awareness of that, wow, I actually have 4G relationships, it's just we got to wait now for God to set us up, but I can pray that way, and it just creates a roadmap. So those are three little things that we're doing that will, I think, are putting a roadmap very early on in front of a new believer to help them move to that 4G. Um, again, the other thing, and this is just sort of we've talked about this already mentioned, but sticking to the three-thirds process, mm. you know, and you've got to have that loving, caring and the accountability of how you going to go share the gospel. How's it going with you personally growing? Who are you gathering together? Um, and then that vision casting. And that's that's the one where, again, it just takes a lot of work, but keeping that vision casting in front of our groups. Um, of course, the praying to ask the Holy Spirit thing, that's a game changer yeah. of who am I going to share yeah. with this week. Um, of course, when it comes to the, the middle third and the last third, we've gone not completely but really close to the first part we share the story and then we immediately practice the story then we read the story that is definitely also helping the generational growth it's sort of counterintuitive that that would help but it's i think it one it drags more men in because men are sort of you know don't want to read out loud all the times and there's some who are fine doing it but there's a lot who don't want to it gives us a lot of flexibility in immigrant refugee communities. Gives us flexibility to be a little more on the fly. It also, it takes away the formality of things because it comes very informal. The discipleship process, um, and then of course, as we go into that second, third, 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 and we're doing our looking for our obedience or our I will statement. Um, again, at the very end, capturing 
man, how am I going to grow? How am I going to obey Jesus this week? How am I going to walk with him? But then also, who am I going to be sharing with? You know, so again, I know that's uh, rudimentary, but it still boils down to that's one of the things that kills most generational growth is we move away from that. And we either, we, we just transition to Bible study, you know, and, and we miss the point of I am making a disciple. And um, I put a transmission in a truck last week and uh, took me several days. I put it in twice because the first transmission I got was bad. But I, I know what I did was really hard work because my arms ached at night and I was sweating. I was covered in sweat, you know, in these 90-degree days. But it was hard work to make that truck work, to make that transmission work. Well, discipleship, when we think about make disciples – Man, that's hard work. And so we got to stick to the process. This is making something. You know, and there now the God God's got to take care of the transformation, but there's my side that involves in that making that is hard work and it is time consuming. And it and it is going to take um, you know, I think this just sort of tied in real quick, but I was asking a couple of the guys I said what's the biggest difference you've seen between uh, new believers and you know pre you know Christians who've been Christians for a number of years, and um, or what's the biggest hindrance there? And they said busyness, you know, and and hands down that's one of our biggest problems we have is busyness. And I think um, Gary Stump said this uh, is you know you don't add discipleship to your life, you know, or add T for T to your life. This, this is a lifestyle change. And if we're really going to make disciples the fourth generation, I have got to change my lifestyle. And so to me, stick into that process, but also I'm going to have to rearrange my life for my disciples is absolutely key if we're going to get to 4G. Yeah. If, if I think I'm going to do it on my own way, there's no way that's going to happen. The last thing I would say that I, I think and I probably should have mentioned this very first. It really would fit more in the front. But I think it, it's in the front. It's in the mid-levels. It's in doing the, the, the third third of practicing, you know, because people hate to practice. Americans hate to practice. It's like, oh, dude, I got this. You know, I'm old hat. I know these stories. Humility is, is a key component we're seeing that the guys that are doing this humble themselves. They, they, uh, and I'm talking a, a God humility, almost a repentance of, man, our community's dying, headed to hell, and I am so desperate to be part of God's um, army, God's team to reach this community that I am willing to humble myself to be a learner. And, and that's because a lot of people, they look at this and they go, you know, I, I got the discipleship thing down. I got the gospel thing down. And there's no humility and there's no, no willingness to be teachable. And, and I'd still take that back to, I remember David Garrison just would hound on us in South Asia. Be learners. Be teachable. Keep learning. We, you know, you can, we should be lifelong learners. Well, nobody's figured completely 4G, CPM out in America, you know, or in the inner city or in... New York City or Charlotte, wherever, but we got to keep learning together. And that takes an attitude of humility, of humbleness, and, and even a, that holy discontent with the status quo to be broken and, and to just willing to just say, hey, I'm going to be a learner. So 
But I think that's some key things we're learning. Other than you know, other than that, we're just sticking. We're just sticking to our guns and you keep doing the same thing over and over again. Um, you know, uh, Chuck uh, Wood says it like this. You know, as you're making disciples, the first thing you do is repetition. If repetition doesn't work, he said, use blunt force trauma. If blunt force trauma doesn't work, he says, use repeated blunt force trauma. Stick to the process. Yeah. That's an army ranger yeah. for you, right? You know, stick to the process. Keep sharing your story, Jesus' story. Keep waiting for God to set us up. And and he, I really feel like God's at work in an unprecedented way in the U.S. Yeah. And so we're excited just to be along for the ride, you know? Sounds like you're having a lot of fun, Jeff. Yeah, it beats working. I can't imagine what I'll do two years from now. Well, somebody listening to this, I'm, I'm thinking on, on two levels. One is, you know, some people are listening, their head spinning because they, you know, what is this three thirds and all of that? Well, we'll we'll post some links on on the blog that'll just take them back to some of those basics. But I would imagine for those that are saying, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing this and I, I really want to buy in. Um, where would they go just to find out about some some training in their in their region or training they could travel to? Yeah, we we got a couple options. One, we're trying to house all training on a website called T4TUSA.com. Okay. And so one of the guys at E3 Partners is actually trying to manage that site, find out where all these crazy guys are training, and get them on there so we can get people to trainings in more local areas. Um, so the T4TUSA website. Chuck Wood's website, uh, Jesus Up In and Out, is phenomenal. It's very... Uh, biblical, very simple, sets the bar high. It's He's probably the best to just sort of have him laying out, what do I do tomorrow? He's got a lot of videos on there to help practice, help you see. There's also a lot of videos on the T4TUSA. Um, of course, you know I joined E3 Partners uh, about a year and three, four months ago, something like that. And so we also, one, there's information on the website, but we do trainings via E3 Partners across the U.S., um, where you can get some training. And, of course, the international training would match also the U.S. training. So we're definitely the goal is to reach lostness, definitely the goal is to impact those communities, but it's also a way to get some training that's going to go dovetail with something you can do in your, in, you know, in that immediate area. So uh, that's three, that's probably about three good places yes. to get well, started. And we'll link uh, at movements.net, we'll link to each of those sites. Pray for us. We're praying by the end of 2014 to have 500 4G streams. So almost at 50 now, praying for 500 by the end of next year. 